Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. That sound effect means we are on the air, guys. So um, everything from here on out is being recorded, okay? <laughs> We're, uh, I don't know. I don't know how hot we want to come in this morning, Lofa. Um, uh, you, I mean, dude, it, it's taking all I can to not bring up the battle between our my Huskies and your Trojans. I noticed you wore the SC gear. I still rock my teams proudly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> all right. Minor setback, major comeback. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Well, hey, heck of a game, too, up until the very end for you guys. I mean, back and forth, fun college game. I mean, it's kind of everything you sort of want in an entertainment product. Fun for you, I guess. Is, I'm trying uh, to be positive for you, man. <laughs> no, I mean, it was a great game. You know, both teams battled their, their hearts out. And um, yeah. it's, um, you know, when I look back at it, I just wonder why we didn't run the ball when we're averaging 11 and like 15 with our running backs. Why, why don't you give them more than 11 carries? Well, the same could be asked for our other team though. Right, Steve? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, unfortunately it was not nearly as close and not nearly as exciting as the um, Husky USC game. It, yeah. it was, it was as rough a game as, as I have seen, certainly in the Pete Carroll era. Oh, uh, and uh, I only and I my memory goes back 48 years with this franchise, and I I have a tough time thinking of one that was that's much worse than this that you're so thoroughly dominated. Yeah, it was it was oh, a man. rough day. Oh well, maybe we should just put on the tape of the USC Washington game then, and we want to bring our listeners up because it's more of a it's more of a Husky contingent than it is a Trojan. Yeah, game. exactly. <laughs> that's true. Maybe we just we you know be positive today with everybody instead. No, um, no, we, we have to get into it, uh, but we have to get into it on the real show, which hasn't even started yet. Lofa, should we hit the theme song? Hit the theme song, partner. Take 12 if you want to run uncut. Yeah. Unapologetic on the trunk. Yeah. And no politics in this club, just dirt from the streets and the creeks in the mud. Tech 12. Best podcast for the Seahawks, number one sports talk, yeah, we got it on live. Every episode, 12 hot takes. And we rapping for Seattle, my place. It is the Take 12 podcast. Thank you for listening. I am lifelong Seahawks fan, Brett Davern. He is Seahawks legend, Lofa Tatupu, and... You probably recognize that voice in our cold open, our very special guest for this episode, returning, making his return triumphantly to the Take 12 podcast. It's the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. Mr. Rabel. I can't believe I called him Steve just sort of flippantly, Katie. Please. Yes. (laughs) Mr. Rabel is my dad, so Steve is fine. Welcome to the show again. Thank you for being here. Lots to talk about on this episode. But first, producer Katie is going to tell us about wieners. (laughs) I beg your pardon? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wiener schnitzel. 
Fam PNW. Mm-hmm. Wiener Fam PNW is the Wiener Schnitzel handle. If you haven't yet, give them a follow just because they have cute little animations and uh, they tell you all about the deals that they've got going on. There's a crowd pleaser number seven. For $25, Brett Lofa and uh-huh. Mr. Rabel, you can get four chili dogs, four corn dogs, and four chili cheese fries. Whoa. And Ooh. if you tell them that the Take 12 podcast sent you, they'll give you an extra hot dog and just go by and say hey to them and the rest of the crew because we love them. They go. love us. We love you. You love them. Go yeah. get it. Yeah. Who doesn't love wieners? Two locations in Western Washington. Uh, what? There's so many W's. <laughs> <laughs> Too much alliteration. Anyway, go check out Wiener Schnitzel, everybody. Proud, proud sponsor of the show. They've been here pretty much from day one, and uh, we appreciate them. Uh, Steve Lofa, there was a game on Sunday, they tell me. It was played <laughs> at 10 a.m., mostly by the Ravens. Um, man, uh, Lofa, we had uh, Kawhi, Kawhi Thompson on the show uh, last Kyrie? week. Or, sorry, oh, Kyrie, sorry. Um, his name was up here, and then Katie got rid of it. I'm blaming her. Anyway. <laughs> right, Steve? Throw your producer under the bus. Every Absolutely. Time. First <laughs> yeah. thing, first lesson learned. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, he told us about the running back. He told us about their running game. We should have listened. They should have listened. Uh, where did it go off the rails, Lofa? Um, I mean, there's very – I'm going to start with the bright spot. And that okay. was Boye Mafe. Okay. Boye Mafe, yeah. he just tied Sinclair's uh, six consecutive ga- uh, games with a sack. Uh, he's putting together a Pro Bowl performance. Um, and I just, right before he got that sack, caused fumble, which he recovered, he chased Lamar for like 50 yards. And yeah. it was incredible effort. And that's really what Pete, you know, he prides the team on is, you know, effort, all out effort. And so, um, he embodied it, and like he's just he's playing on another level right now. So I just want to give him a shout out now. Okay, yeah, I think that and Trey Brown and his effort to get that fumble from Odell after he gave up a 12, 13 yard first down, mm-hmm. um, incredible. Now I think that's where the praise stops, man. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, um, you know they they battled as hard as they could, kept us in in the first half, and and then the series of plays that happened before the half was really where the game turned, you know, yeah. the other way. And it was just like, okay, it's starting to get out of reach. And then they just, they dominated us in the second half. Yeah. That's really what happened. Uh, 75, 75 plays to 47 time of possession, two to one. It yeah. was ugly. Yeah. It got ugly. Uh, Steve. I mean, if you go back and watch the first quarter of the game, both defenses are playing hard. I mean, it's zero, zero. It's a tight game sort of seemingly it's going back and forth. There's punts. And then, like I said, the Lofa, I mean, where did it go wrong? I mean, it was, it was that sequence. Yeah. I'm, I'm answering the question for you, but it had to be. I mean, from, from where you were sitting, man, I mean, uh, how did you see that one? This whole well, I, I saw it the same way you did. First quarter, I thought, this okay, this is this is the kind of battle you knew it was going to be. You knew it was going to be a brawl. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the reputation that the Ravens have, especially on defense. They're just tough. They're brawlers. Go back to the old days. Go back to Ray Lewis. Go back to... Uh, what, uh, Nagoli Hata, those guys. I mean, they, they, they all terrific uh, defensive players. And uh, so that's, that's what you expect to have happen. Because of the kind of coach John Harbaugh is and why Pete Carroll appreciates him and his coaching so much is because they think the same. It's run the football, play great defense, and 
play spotless special teams. They did all those things yesterday. Yeah. We were doing it too in the first quarter. We weren't running the ball very well, but we were, you know, we, we had to turn, we kicked the ball away a couple times on punts, the three and out the first time. And then I think we had a drive that was like five plays and another drive that was like seven or eight plays, but we could not capitalize on it. And once you start not being able to make that play you need to make, whether it's a third down conversion or whether you get a penalty and suddenly you go from second and four to second and 20 or second and 14 or whatever it is now that changes the complexion of the entire play so we just did not do a good job at all uh, that way and once then that juggernaut started rolling downhill get out of the way because they have the most dynamic uh exciting quarterback in the national football league in lamar jackson and and this guy they knew it the seahawks knew that they were going to be in for a battle with him and they had a plan they had designs on how to control him a little bit. You're not going to take everything away from him, but at least to keep some things under control. And the idea is to rush him upfield, keep him in the pocket, make him throw the football. But before that, you have to stop their run. Once they started running the football, forget about it. We could never get back in the game. And I don't know, our offense, we we just couldn't block anybody. We couldn't protect. We couldn't run. It was just a total team disaster yesterday. Disaster, yeah. I mean, I, we knew you were coming on the show. I was so excited to play so many touchdown Seahawk calls. Uh, when's the last time you called a game where you didn't get to yell out touchdown Seahawks once? Uh, that's that's a great question. I I don't even remember. Um, what was the, the field the, goal Seahawks? Yeah, the, the first game against this season against the Rams. Did we score mm-hmm. a touchdown in the Rams game? Was it just a couple field goals? I mean, I, I literally, it seems like a lifetime ago. The, during the season, you, you forget what just happened and you can't remember what's coming up down the line. So you're so focused on right here in the here and now, uh, which this morning is not a great place to focus on because there's just not a lot to, to uh, take away from this one. Well, if we want to get more specific, though, we could focus on the fact that we weren't running the ball. I mean, our running backs had nine, uh, 13 carries. Kenneth Walker had nine, Charbonnet had four, and then Geno Smith had two, which that's, you know, not part of the game plan in, in a running, you know what I mean? I mean, Lofa, like your running backs have to carry the ball more than that many times, even though, I mean, you know, Walker only had 16 yards, Charbonnet had eight yards. Well, I think that's the, the, the point, though, right there is they're not getting anything going. Not it's getting not, anything. You know, it's a combination of blocking and then um, whether it's scheme or what, that's a tough defense, you know, yeah. top down. Oh, totally, totally. And, but is it the backs? Is it the it's the O-line? It's, oh, you know, there's okay. been a lot of injuries. Yeah. You know, like I, I have I thought we had promise last week when, you know, against the number one, number two defense. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. The they were number was, one. They were number week. one at yeah. the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we ran. I mean, for eight or 10 yards on average, and, you know, we just didn't do it enough. So then this week, I actually thought, you know, Shane did stick with it a little more than, than we probably should have because of the way the numbers dictated in terms of score. But it's uh, we're just going to have to start manufacturing a run game at that point. And, like, Steve, you know what I mean? But, like, if DK has single coverage over there, just turn up and throw it to him right now on a hitch or a now and then just – He'll, we'll take the four or five yards. That he you know, cause... you know, though, for what I saw so many times. So, you know, when I'm doing the game, I'm looking through field glasses. So I'm uh, and I focus on the ball, the quarterback. And then from there, you widen out as opposed to a player where as a receiver, well, Lofa would look at when he's looking at film, he's looking at one thing. 
as I look at the film as a receiver, my first look is what is the secondary doing? In fact, my first look is the safeties. They're going to tell me initially whether it's going to be a zone or a man coverage of some kind or a combination thereof. And so I'm looking at the ball. I'm watching the quarterback. I'm watching Geno. I see him drop back, hits his back foot, and already there are guys in his face. So mm-hmm. that's that starts the, the waterfall going uh, against you. I pull the glasses down, and my next glance is to the secondary, and there's not a guy open. And I can't tell you how many times that was the case. They were plastered on our receivers. As good as DK is and Tyler, they just made the decision that we've got good defensive backs. They got Marlon Humphrey. They got Darby. They got a bunch of guys. And they all just, Geno Stone came into the game leading the league in interceptions and got another one yesterday. They have guys that can plaster in coverage. And just the smallest hitch for the quarterback to have to wait for somebody to come open is all it takes for everything to break down up front. So I'm with you. I would have loved to have seen him just turn and and throw like a quick hitch. But, you know, there were a couple of times he got the ball out as quick as he could, and the defensive back was so close, I was, you know, scared it was going to be a pick six going the other way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I hear you. But even like some of the quick screen things we're doing with, with JSN, yeah, it's good. I think that with Walker, who's more explosive and has yeah. more top end speed, might be a more threat, you know, in that yeah. situation. Um, now, would it give it away? Yeah. But we've we've lined him up out there wide. So right. I'm just thinking of just different creative ways to try to get our best one of our best playmakers the ball. And uh, but there really wasn't much to be had in that run game. Like you saw, it was like two point one and two point two. Uh, yeah per carry so there yeah. wasn't much anything anywhere i mean gino's 13 of 28 for 157 and 50 of those yards was that one play to dk so DK. well even <laughs> like steve said when when they backed out and roma was doing the you know and he's a quarterback so he, he knows you know the the troubles back there um there was like on the three of the the plays that he, he wanted to show again there was nobody open the only one where you know Gino didn't look like Gino of last year was the the touchdown attempt to uh, DK where we ran the over with uh, Tyler. And then that second, you know, hole right there was, and it, it was just, it like skipped to him it hit mm-hmm. before it got to him. And he had, had one to Tyler like that, where I don't know if it was a miscommunication. So like, there's just been a couple instances where he, Gino hasn't looked like Gino that, yeah. that, that yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, that was the, the thing. He was so efficient, and he was taking care of the ball, and those were the things he was doing right, and then that's obviously not what happened in a game like this. Yeah, one of the things that I know Dave Wyman noticed, uh, another inside linebacker, I don't know what it is about inside linebackers and media. Suddenly they've taken over. It used to be <laughs> wide receivers. It used to be wide receivers who kind of – and quarterbacks. Now it's it's inside linebackers. And, and uh, anyway, Dave Wyman, my broadcast partner, uh, one of the things he noticed, he said so many times yesterday – uh, we just talked about it. Gino could not step up and throw. And so everything was coming from this angle, which necessarily makes the ball look that way. Yeah. The other thing is he had three passes batted down yesterday at the line of scrimmage. Defensive lineman who's like six one, six foot, he's 290, 300 pounds, was able to get a hand up. For that to happen, he's got to be close enough to the quarterback. He's not six six or six yeah. seven. He's six feet tall. He's got to be close enough to the quarterback to get that hand up in an area that Geno's trying to throw through. And that happened two or three times yesterday. So they just, they had a great plan. And mostly 
uh, and you hate to say this as a as a player and and as one who you know I mean we're here because we're we're huge you know Seahawks supporters we want to see our team win, mm-hmm. but uh, every player in the locker room who talked after the game yesterday said the same thing. We just got our butts kicked, and you asked Tyler Lockett after the game. He said, "I don't know what happened, man. Those some of those guys were sort of in shock. They just this this team was." the Seahawks I'm talking about was playing so well and with so much confidence and to go in there and get, you know, get your butt handed to you is, is uh, it's a, it's a real wake up call is what it is. And I know Pete knows that. And he knows how to coach to that. Lovi, you know, he, he knows how to coach to those things. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like I told my little league team last weekend, Lofa, we're better baseball players than this boys. You know, <laughs> come on guys, like, you yeah. guys are better football players than this. You know, it's okay. Well, let's, let's flush it. Let's move on. I mean, for me, it's just the, the sort of bummer of coming off of the big win and, and being in first place and, you know, going to play another first place team and Lofa, we were so hyped up on the sort of preview episode of the show going into the game, just talking about what a big matchup it was. And it was just, you know, obviously just a letdown there. Um, I mean, dude, do we even want to talk about our run defense and what they were able to do to us here? I mean, those backs, uh, Keaton Mitchell, welcome to everyone's fantasy teams or whatever. If you had them already, good for you. I don't know. Uh, nine carries, 138, a touchdown. That's 15.3 per. <laughs> Is that good? Um, yeah. No, they got speed on top of speed, and then they got yeah. muscle with Gus yeah. Edwards. Like, and so it's just recipe for disaster because, you know, like, over the amount of time and the amount of reps that you're playing, they're going to crease you once. And it was a great effort. I, I'm not so much concerned about the tackling. I know Pete, he's a defensive coach. So he's like, oh, well, if we make the tackle on the first contact, well, I mean, we had guys flying ass to the ball. And, like, yeah. you know, that's how fast this kid is, that he was, like, yeah. breaking angles. That first one that he can touch, we had three of our fastest defenders chasing him in Brooks, Adams, and uh, and uh, Woolen. So, yeah. like – that just shows you how special that kid is. And he's going to get more touches as the season goes on. But Well, even Gus Edwards, though, who you would think is more of like a short yardage guy, five carries for 50, he was averaging 10 out there. Well, the 50-yarder will, will skew yeah, that I yeah. to, to start the second half. But All right, I mean, math major. Hey, another great effort by Boye Mafe there, because I thought he was yeah. gone. Yeah, let me throw something in here, too. And, and by, by all means, uh, Lofa, chime in. By the way, my first thought is, Brett, I don't know that I'd lay it on the line for you if you were my coach. I'm just saying. Oh, come but on. That's, now, you know, you Little League, I'm sorry. But, uh, you got to get that's, dirty. Let's get that uniform dirty. That ground ball was right there, son. <laughs> that's that's a whole other story. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, would I, would I wear a cup for you? I don't know. But that's a, that's a, uh, uh, that's another uh, conversation. Be legally and properly equipped. It's in the rules. Okay. All right. Great. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that one. Listen, um, two things. And Lofa – explain this one to me uh, as an offensive player, obviously I'm, I'm uh, and a wide receiver at that. So I'm kind of outside, right? They have a, a play or they have a series of plays that basically are all set up off of the read keep yes. because you have a quarterback who can do that. When we were playing back in the dark ages, we had a running back named Sherman Smith and a quarterback named Jim Zorn. And we mastered the sprint draw. So mm. everything we did or very much of what we did, was off of that motion, the sprint draw, and then you fake it to Sherman, and you roll out and you throw on the run because Jimmy could do that, and Largent was always open because I was clearing out, and that's why we won a lot of football games, and Steve uh, scored a lot of touchdowns. And then you'd hand the ball off to a guy like Sherman. 
with with Baltimore coming down the line is Jackson. He can give it. He can pull it. He can run it. And so you put that end man on the line of scrimmage in in the no man's land every single play. And um, I, I just think half the time, more than half the time yesterday, we guessed wrong. You know, we'd cut, we'd cut that edge, cut that corner inside to try to make him pitch quicker. And boom, he just bounced it outside and take off. And now there's a huge crease. Their wide receivers are pretty good blockers too. So it was just a long day that way. If you, as much as they practiced against that to see it, you know, how many, how well can you, how well can you uh, portray that in practice? You don't have anybody on your team who can do what Lamar Jackson does to try to show that to your defense every day in practice. So it, it became a long day when they were able to start making that one work play after play. Yeah. I mean, we even had him dead to rights on one. He's still scrambling for seven yards. And yeah. it was just like, wait a minute. We, we almost had a sack. Cause, yeah. Cause it was a miscommunication misread. Uh, he didn't like what he saw. He just tucked it, made one guy miss, and then fell forward. Um, Dre made a great hustle play to come over the top. And I think now all of a sudden it's second and three or second and four. And it's just like, all right, they're still ahead of the sticks. And that's the problem is you right. can't get comfortable. Like you can't give Hurt an ideal situation to where he wants to bring pressure or show, show Lamar something he hasn't seen yet. Right. And then we do get that. We do get one of those situations uh, and we decide to bring pressure. And that was that happened several times. We decide to blitz. And if you don't get home, and if your cornerbacks are, you know, I mean, we got good cornerbacks, but, you know, you even playing off a couple of steps, go down three or four yards, turn around, and that ball is on them as soon as they get there, boom, first down. Uh, it, it's just really tough to defend that way. You have to do what Baltimore did to us, put us in second and 11s, yeah. second and nines, third and 10. Then then your your the amount of plays, the number of plays, and the kinds of plays you can call is narrowed down so much. Your offensive coordinator, I'm sure Shane was kind of yanking his hair out by the end of the game. Because what do you do? Yeah, we even on two drives where we did get a first down, and one we went no huddle, we hurried up, and I love the the change in pace. You know, yep. keep keep them uncomfortable and yep. dictate you know your terms. Uh, Charbonnet gets a, a second and uh, gets a four yard gain, second and six. Even Romo points out it's a huge play to get things going. We jump off sides, so now mm -hmm. we're second and eleven. And right. now it's just like, all right, well, now what do I call? Right. And then there was another time we got a first down. We get the second down, second and short or something. And then all of a sudden we get a holding. Like Kenneth Walker breaks that one up the sideline. We're like, yep. all right, let's go. And then just drive killers, man. Yeah, yeah. By the way, can I point out to everybody? Let me point out to everybody who's listening that Lofa obviously watched the TV broadcast and listened to Jim Nance and Tony Romo as opposed to listening to his homies, Steve Rabel and Dave Wyman on the radio. I just want to point that out. I would have learned more from you guys. I was listening to more of Nance than Romo, but something about his, his golf voice just soothes me. You know? Even listen, in that, if I'd have had a chance to listen to Jim Nance, I would have too. Trust me. Oh man. Um, Growing up, my dad would always mute the TV, whether it was Husky games or Seahawks games, you mute the TV and then throw the radio on. But then there's that weird delay you have to deal with, or the radio gets there faster than the TV. So you kind of always yeah. hear what, yeah. Anyway, I grew up listening. And then Rabel sees it. He actually sees it because he played. So he, he can break it down before it even happens. That's the magic of it. Dude, that's so. what I was going to say earlier in the episode. Are you listening Seahawk fans? Not only the, <laughs> the silky tones of his voice, but he's breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> defenses for our offense pre-play pre-snap i mean that's awesome um uh I, i've forgotten where i was going to go next producer katie help me with a live read 
so that I can reset. Tell our friends about Delta. Delta Airlines. Oh, hold on. You need a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that one was my fault. Delta Come on, blame Airline, the host. Blame that your host. was your fault. <laughs> Delta Airline, uh, oh gosh, proudly presents um, or proudly supports the Take 12 podcast, and we proudly only fly Delta Airlines. That's right. If you are not yet signed up for 12 status, you got to go do that. Uh, make sure that you're signed up for their Mileage Plus program anyway, and uh, double check that you're signed up for 12 status you get 12% off on the 12th of every month. You get priority boarding and you also get a mile for every yard. Yeah. You got a, a, an extra 157 miles. Okay. Well, you know, hey. it's better than nothing. That's right. Yeah. Sign up for 12 status. Uh, Delta Airlines, everybody, they are the best. You guys, if we look at the schedule though, or, you know, we sort of just look ahead here a little bit. I mean, Lofa, like after the Rams game, at the beginning of the season, you told me to relax. It's a long season. I mean, after this game, what are you telling me? And how do what do you guys think this spells for the rest of the season going forward? I mean, that had to be a long flight home. That's another bad taste in their mouth. What do they do going forward? Well, I, I will tell you this, and, and let me get my plug in. We fly on Delta. That's our charter. Oh, and so nice. uh, they're, they are the best. It, it, is, it, is, it is terrific. They really take very good care of us. And, um, you know, it, it was a, a, a somewhat quiet flight. Uh, Lofa, you'd have loved this back in your day and back in mine as well. But, uh, you know, it's now kind of become the, the focus that the players sit up front and everybody else kind of sits toward the back. So all the starters are up in the first class and business section. And the, then the coaches are in the middle and then uh, we're in the back along with some of the younger players, the rookies and stuff. And so the middle of the plane, the focus is strictly on those iPads. The coaches are breaking down everything. Remember they used to have to get home and then break down the film on early Monday morning and all that stuff. Well, now it's all instantaneous. They have it on the plane. And uh, it was pretty quiet in the middle of the plane. I couldn't see what was going on up front, but in the back, you know, after a while guys start to come to life a little bit and then you get some guys talking and you get a card game going or a boo Ray or whatever. And, I always have said, uh, and I'm sure it's not original, guys get over a game like this faster than you get over a heartbreaking loss. Mm -hmm. You know, as a player, you just got your ass whipped. And so let's, you know, okay, we're going to, we know we're going to hear about it on Tell the Truth Monday. There's no question about that. We're going to see the video, but then we're, this one is done. We're, we're mm -hmm. past this. And all we know is most of all, we don't want to remember how this feels again. We yeah. don't want this. Uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, for the most part fairly quiet, and and that's that's what's going to happen. Plus, you got a bunch of guys who just went out there and and, and they really played hard. Yeah. That's the real the real tough thing about this is, first of all, it was warmer than any of us expected. I knew it was going to be in the high sixties, but that sun was baking down for the first half of the game, and it was actually hot on the field. And um, uh, it, it, I think it took a little something out of the guys, especially as it got into the third quarter and especially the defense. Because, you know, on defense, the whole every coach will ever tell you, maybe, Brett, as a coach, you didn't tell this, but every other coach will tell a defensive player, you always run to the ball. It doesn't matter if it's in your half of the field, the other side of the field, you're always running to the ball. So we always used to say as, as receivers, you know, run these guys around a little bit, let's wear them out, because they're not ever going to come out of the game and they're going to get tired eventually. And I think that's what happened yesterday. By the third and fourth quarter, our defense was just 
you know, on their knees. They were just beat up. They were tired. Uh, Coach Brett preached his hustle. Don't worry. Oh, I, good. I, okay. I gotta, you know, I got to look up my record here at the Little League. <laughs> I'll send it your way. No, please. <laughs> you know, please spare I, me. Okay. Street going for a while there. It was pretty good. The Lofa, <laughs> I mean, dude, like we got the commanders coming up next. You got the, uh, the Rams <laughs> after that. And then you got the Niners twice in like three games or whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, the schedule, you know, uh, division, division opponents right away again, sort of. I mean, three very close together. And then the Eagles after that second Niners game, like the schedule, it's not like it gets any easier in the NFL ever anyway. But uh, what's yeah. the future look like here, Lofa? We're not looking any farther than next Sunday, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. just the reality of it. And like Steve said, it's, it is easier to get over an ass whooping because you, you're just like, all right, we got to work harder. Whereas, you know, the heartbreaker, you're like, okay, what could I have done differently? Or what should I, and like, it sticks with you and it kind of can carry over. I don't see this one carrying over to this week. I know, I know Pete and that, yeah, well, let's take a hard look at the film because that film's going around to every other team. You know, the Niners are looking at it. Um, so just in terms of creativity and what they can do, you know, with their personnel, because they got a lot of guys, but, mm-hmm. but right now we're just focused on the commanders and, uh, you know, who I think they just they just beat the Patriots, right? And, I mean, that was after they pretty much got, like, let go of, like, three of their, their main guys. Yeah. So, yeah. they have a ton of weapons on offense. I mean, we'll preview that in a couple of days. But, yeah, that is – we're turning our full attention. We're on to Washington. Yeah, let's yeah. get rid of this one. It was a brutal, brutal game, 37-3 to three final score. Um, nobody nailed that in our score prediction challenge. None of our listeners predicted a 37-3 to three ravens victory so the pot for this week uh when we get to it on the next episode for the simply seattle score prediction will be up to that 50 dollars because we add 25 for every week so there's another silver lining yeah the pot increases uh, from our friends at simply seattle as i looked around the league really the um the only storyline that kind of jumped out that i wanted to mention just because we talked about it on the last episode lofa was the joshua dobbs thing and how the guy goes from cleveland to arizona and then now he just gets shipped off to Minnesota, like, you know, in the middle of the night. He was going over his own cadence with his lineman pregame, just trying to tell him, like, how he does things. And he goes out there and gives himself a W. That's kind of just a cool story. I don't know. Not like I'm a Vikings fan or anything, but I don't know. No, it's, it's incredible. For Hollywood. Like, he doesn't know anybody on the team. At least I don't think he does. Got there on Tuesday. I don't even know if he got a practice rep. Yeah. Um, you know, and so then he goes in and he puts on a great performance. But I mean, we we played him. We know he's he's a competitor. And uh, but shout out to him for what he was able to do. Um, that's the ultimate. Like you Dude. go in there and do that with no time prepare. Imagine what it's going to look like when he does learn his receivers names. Exactly. Oh. I, I heard him talk uh, after the game uh, yesterday and he said it was like studying for an uh, an advanced placement Spanish test all week. And then they make it, when you sit down, they give you a French test. Right. That's the way it was in trying to translate the 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 the, the wow. play calls and all that. Yeah. So you got to give credit to the coach, too. Because yep. the coach in his mind knows what this play is. So he's throwing that play out there and in the verbiage of the Vikings. But then he's telling the quarterback as well, in that short period of time you have, and what this play is, is boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's just outside yeah. flood. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And, and it, he just, Dobbs is, a, you know, he's an aerospace engineer. He's got his master's degree. He is a brilliant young man. And, wow. and if anybody deserves uh, to have something really good like this happen to him, it's him. I yeah. think. 
That and was, so that I was, was I was cool. happy for him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was really cool to see. Um, that's it for us. Uh, I think well, we're out well, of time. Well, we got to talk about the Raiders. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Shout out to ahead. Antonio Pierce, former middle linebacker, Super Bowl yeah. champion. Yeah. He gets his first chance, interim head coach. Um, yeah, and then I think they put up more points than they ever did with McDaniels. And, you know, it's the defensive yeah. guy coaching. Why? Because you gave one of the best running backs in the league the ball 20, 23 times. And, I mean, against the game before McDaniels got let go, they the only drive where they sustained any kind of life, they just handed it like eight times out of 12 plays or 11 plays to Jacobs. And yeah. they scored. And they come out in the second half and just airing it out with Jimmy G. And, oh, yeah, so – Aiden O'Connell, a rookie quarterback, I think fifth round pick. I mean, it was impressive to me. That, yeah. that, that's the storyline that I think is probably not getting enough uh, credit. You, yeah. you know, people talk about the Raiders going back to their basics, going back to their history. And everybody tends to think that it's so much about throwing the football. When Al Davis was the owner and John Madden was the coach, and this was back in the day when we were playing against them, they ran the ball a lot. They threw to their tight end, Dave Casper. And then they let go of an explosive to Cliff Branch and, you know, six points. But they would pound you up front because they had the best offensive line in football. Two Hall of Famers. Um, so they've got to get back to that. And a defensive guy like Antonio Pierce is one who will realize that and obviously realized it yesterday. I, I'm happy for him. I, I've, I've, you know, I think the Bill Belichick tree is kind of the leaves are falling off of it. Now and, and they these guys try to go and be Bill Belichick and they just can't. They're, and and we're seeing even Bill Belichick isn't Bill Belichick anymore when Tom Brady is retired. So it, it it is one of those things that things change, philosophies change. Some things in football don't change. If you can pound somebody at the line of scrimmage and run the football, then you can do anything else you want to do. And we that saw begins it last week. That begins SC on Sunday in yep. Seattle. Let's yep. do it. Let's do it. That begins on Sunday as we look towards the Commanders. Steve, thank you so much for your time and joining the Take 12 podcast again. We really appreciate you, man. Brett, it's been a great imposition. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate you, Steve. Uh, oh, Lofa, for you anything, my friend, as you know. <laughs> it is a dream come true to have your childhood heroes make fun of you, Katie. You have no I'm idea. Sorry. You, do, you, do a, Jones, you really you do a terrific job. I love taking shit from my childhood heroes. He truly loves it. It's the best. Uh, Lofa, we got to break it down. Hands in the middle. No matter what happens, this was a good practice. (laughs) Good episode. (laughs) We had a good episode. (laughs) Come on, man. Go ahead, Brett. What do you got? What what do I got? I don't know what I got. I mean. Holy catfish? You know, I. Well, I was just going to say, though, like sometimes in the productions coming from the acting world and in Hollywood and you're part of these productions that sometimes when when things don't seem to be going their best and when you're scrambling or whatever, that's when you sometimes get your best out of you. When there's the pressure, pressure creates diamonds, iron sharpens iron. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Just let's give a let's give a good holy catfish on three, Lofa. Let's just cut straight to the chase. Holy catfish on three, holy catfish on me. One, two, three. Holy Holy catfish. Yes. See you guys later in the week. That's it, guys. Thank you. Enjoyed it, as always. Appreciate you, Steve. Okay, brother. We are. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.